welcome everyone. Again to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Probably it's probably about part nine, part ten, somewhere along our journey. Um, yeah, thanks, Kirk. Um, we've got an exciting topic lined up for you tonight. Um, for those who um, haven't been with us um, over the last number of months, we've been looking at the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We've been looking at the how, the what, the why. And we've also been starting to take a look at um, some of the individual gifts themselves. And yet saying that even though there's specific gifts, really it's just um, it's one gift, which is Christ, that takes multiple different forms and expressions. Um, so this evening we're going to be looking at the gift um, of wisdom um, and um, um, the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of, oh my goodness. Knowledge, I've just, gift of knowledge, word of knowledge. Oh my goodness. The word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. Someone help me. <laughs> I'm leading the night. Okay. <laughs> Back on track. The word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. So two really fascinating gifts, um, I think, that have distinct elements to them, um, but are very interconnected. So um, it's going to be an exciting night. But before we get started, I'd just like to take a, a moment um, to invite um, maybe two people to come up and share um, testimony of something they received last week um, through the prophetic ministry that we had throughout the evening. Maybe it was a word you received from someone. Maybe it was something the Holy Spirit spoke directly to you. Um, does anyone have um, a, 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 something to share, a testimony or, or something that impacted them from the last week? Don't all rush at once, but we do have four mics, so... Okay, I'll be really honest and transparent. Last Sunday morning, someone said, oh, are you going to banquet tonight? I said, oh, if I can get myself off the couch. So um, apparently that then convicted someone else to go to banquet on Sunday night, which was cool. Um, and then I received a word, um, which is kind of couch-related. It was um, <laughs> redefining first-place priority. So he's really talking to me about that a lot. Thank you. Just one more, one more. Maybe this side of the room. Uh, we had a word, uh, my husband Mark and myself had a word uh, from Chris about, yeah, we're trying to work it out. Um, he loves that the small things are the same as the big things. Yes. And he had a vision of um, the story with the little mouse that helped take the thorn out of the paw of the lion, which is appropriate because I'm the big cat lady, right? Uh, and I thought, how cool, because we may not be big out there people and doing fancy flash things, but we might just pull out a little thorn here and there and do some little stuff in there. Nice. Does she purr or growl, Mark? <laughs> wow, okay, moving right along. Um, <laughs> who invited this guy to the panel? Who gave him a mic? I don't know. <laughs> Could have been a word of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Paul, um, sorry, can I just get one of the elders to note that down? <laughs> just make a note. <laughs> Three strikes, you're out. <laughs> All right. 
So this evening, like I said, um, we've got an exciting, um, exciting evening lined up for us, and we're going to start in First Corinthians chapter twelve. So if you've got your Bibles, First Corinthians chapter twelve, starting at verse four. So it says this: Now there are a variety, uh, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of ministries, but the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. All good. (laughs) (laughs) And there are a variety of ministries. In the same Lord, there are a variety of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, and to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy. And to another, the the distinguishing of spirits, to another, various kinds of tongues, and to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing each one individually, just as he wills. So we're going to focus on verse 8 this evening. Um, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another, the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. So I'd like to to go to our panel and, and just throw out the question, what is the word of wisdom? What is the word of knowledge? Are they different? Are they the same? What do you guys think? Joey, any, any instant thoughts? So to me, they um, well, they're identified as two things, so there must be something distinctive about it. Uh, my sense is that the word of knowledge speaks more to a supernatural knowing of a, a natural thing that we couldn't know ourselves. So you've got a sore shoulder or this is going on in your life. Whereas the word of wisdom is a supernatural knowing of a supernatural thing. So it's a, um, when God gives us his perspective on something that he wants to speak to somebody else. Cool. Any other <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's funny because um, I, I always had understanding that a word of knowledge was, you know, that specific word for someone that the Lord might give you, and the wisdom was what you prayed for on how to deliver that word of knowledge. And I think there is an aspect of that as well, um, because sometimes God does give you word, words of knowledge for someone, and you actually, if you just, yeah, um, just do something um, of your own understanding with it, you can really make a mess of things. But, but I, I think... Um, I don't know, I see it so much broader than the specific now, um, coming in in so many different sort of ways. And I I think sometimes wisdom that is 
something that you don't have, but it's just spoken in that gives you direction on some things um, um, happens. I think there's a, a sense sometimes that um, the word of knowledge even comes within a as a sense of of the the knowing of him that you have within you. And so within a situation, you just know this is kingdom, this is kingdom, that's not kingdom. And there's a, a, a sense of um, of directing um, in, into all things of life. And, and I, yeah, so while I think they're separate, but they're, they're, one, they're one as well, and they're all manifestations of him, and um, I also think that it's like there's this temptation to have to try and put everything in a box and that when that happens, very often it's our trying to understand it with our human understanding that's doing it and the consequence of that is often we will try and apply it with our human understanding as well and everything is in the flow of him in us. Um, and it's, it seems to be so organic and sometimes something comes out and, and it's like, oh, that, I guess that was that. But it just came out um, in, in a very organic way. And I think it's very within everyday life rather than, you know, again, this box thinking that it's now I'm going to pray for a word of knowledge for somebody. It's not like that. Um, so anyway, that's just a few thoughts to start things off. <laughs> Uh, not not really too much to add. I, I think you know that obviously they both come from the spirit, and so it, on one aspect it's all supernatural because it comes from the spirit, and so it's the spirit seeing into a reality that he sees, and so that's where there's this partnership with us and him, and so it's like he's seeing things, communicates those things, makes those things known, so then we become a voice for those things. And I think the variety of, you know, there's where where all this is anchored to, it's it's ultimately in him, it's in his scriptures, it's in a word for someone in a workplace, you know, it's like it's like reading someone's mail. And so it opens up the room for the sharing of this invisible realm that now is declared into this very visible realm and the person goes how on earth do you have this knowledge um and the tricky thing is like we've been saying it's like at the end of the day it comes back to this position of one which is the spirit so all these gifts come forth but they all return back and that's why there's a gift of it but everyone is to operate in the word of knowledge so there are some that may get that easier come quicker because of the gift but at the end of the day, we're all to be operating from it um, because we're all of the spirit. And so, um, you know, I think I think a word of wisdom uh, is, is once again, Jesus is the wisdom of God. So it's like it's his view on everything. And that could be how he does things. Uh, it can be his, his mode of being. Uh, it's like what he means when he says what he says. You know, so um, as well as it, as the guys have said, it's, it can be in a very practical, natural way as well. So God can give you a word of wisdom and how to solve a solution at work, yeah. and then that's just this whole, you know, um, <clears throat> uh, what's the dude's name? 
well, there's there's a number of them. I'm just lost, like Joseph, and you know he he, he becomes Pharaoh's ruler because of the words of knowledge he has. And so this is this dynamic that we are to walk in uh, all the time. It's available, but it's from the spirit. So once again, you know, we're tracking back to what's your relationship like with the Holy Spirit? He's got plenty of things he wants to say. And I think it's really interesting the way that the scriptures define wisdom as opposed to how you'll normally hear wisdom talked about. You know, um, Because I think you can hear this word of wisdom and think that it's um, someone who is very, um, you know, intellectually capable, who can assess a certain situation and look with their natural eyes and make a judgment call. Whereas actually, you know, the scriptures talk about wisdom. And I so say, if you've got, um, you know, bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, that's demonic wisdom. And yet heavenly and Heavenly wisdom is the very divine nature of Christ being expressed through a person. And I, I think that's, to me, this is why the gifts are so interlinked with our relationship with Christ, that as we grow in the wisdom of God, demonstrating the very life and nature of Christ on the earth, almost in, in my mind, it's in every situation that we're in, we're starting to see and think as God does, and we're able to minister from that divine nature and speak a word of wisdom into the situation to be able to see things as he sees. You know, for, for Tess and I, like practically we've had some real challenges with our next-door neighbor. And so for, for us, what that's looked like is Tess and I having conversations about, actually, what, what does it... What What is our responsibility towards him as a person in this situation? Not responding by what our eyes see and not responding to the situation as um, would people would naturally expect to. But what does it look like to love? What does it look like to be full of integrity? What does it look like to minister a divine wisdom even though the opposite is coming back, you know? And so to me, I feel like th- there's wisdom that's to be formed in us and that wisdom being formed in us then takes an expression of being able to speak out a word of wisdom into certain situations, God's perspective, his attitude, um, his way of seeing things. So, yeah, what about the word of knowledge? What makes the word of knowledge so unique, and why is it so important um, for us as the body to um, to receive and minister in, in words of knowledge? One of the things that struck me when I was thinking about the word of, the, of knowledge with him is, like we're saying, all of this points back to him and who he is. And to me, the word of knowledge speaks of the fact that he's the God who knows all things, but also he's the God who cares about things. So although he's this enormous God, sometimes the word of knowledge is a really small practical thing. And so when we're operating in that gift or in him, um we are demonstrating that he is the all-knowing God, but the very relatable God who cares. Um, so many times when you see Jesus ministering, and, and not just Jesus, but, you know, like Paul and various ones, um, and, you know, they come out with a word of knowledge. It is very personal, you know? And it's like um, it is that... God knows. He knows me. 
you know, and it breaks through. And it's almost like a a word that can open a heart so that a heart will be leaning into here now from a different way, not leaning into here with just ears that are natural, but, but able to receive because, you know, Jesus came, um, he's been really just sitting um, w- with me on Isaiah 61, which is, um, you know, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Um, and, you know, it's talking about the, the preaching of the good news to the humble, to the afflicted, to the poor. And, and it says to proclaim um, liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners, and there was a footnote that I'd never looked into, but it said opening to those who are bound. And it spoke to me so much because that's what it's like. We're, we're bound in our hearts and we don't know it. The, the innermost part of our being um, gets covered over by us, you know, through hurts and various things we kind of cover over as protective mechanisms through life. And... His, when Christ comes and when the Spirit comes, he opens us, you know, and sometimes these words of knowledge of that, you know, so they've, they are awesome, they're full of awe, that, they, that the power of God can come and open someone who, who's been bound so that they would become free, you know, and it's a powerful, powerful um way that that the Lord ministers his love it's coming because of love to set people free you know to set me free to set us together why does he set us free for the purpose of what is that a question for the panel or for the room maybe for anybody Why? So, so everything he does. Once again, I think we said this at the start of the night. The start of he started the gifts. Everything God is doing is for a definitive outcome that is already written in His heart. So He doesn't just come to set you free for the sake of setting you free. It's setting you free so you can be what He's actually called you to be, which is His. And so the beauty of the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, it comes to release you to be who you've been predestined to be. So as he opens you up, and that's why you've got to allow him in, otherwise you can never become who you've been called to become because you're resisting the process. See, So the word comes, and it's a sword, and it comes to bring life. So although it cuts, it brings life. Although it pierces, it brings light into the darkness. And so through that, as you surrender, and that's why worship is absolute surrender of your entire heart. So then as you surrender your life, your whole life unto him, not bits, your entire life, the word and knowledge releases you from you. And then you actually become the very thing that's written you're to become. And that's the challenge. See, when we resist that because we're afraid, we resist becoming who we've been called to be. So you're moving opposite to his heart for you and so that's the beauty so you know whether it's a um 
you know, I think I shared this last time, and the guy, six months, he, he gave me a word of knowledge. He told me I would be doing this, and here I am. That set me on a direction that I wasn't on. So if I reject that word, I'm on a different direction than the one God's calling me to. See, doesn't mean if I'd rejected it, God couldn't have got me another way. But he's speaking to me through another man, through the Spirit. And that's the power of it. So we receive, if it's of the Lord, you know, don't reject the word. Embrace it. Ask. Ask him to show you. You know, Same with, I was just, well, these guys were talking, have a look at 1 Corinthians, and it talks about the wisdom of the world does not receive the wisdom of God. It's foolishness. So everything and the way he does everything is foolishness. So his wisdom is foolishness to the world. Lose your life. What? When everyone's trying to live for their life. Put yourself second and put other people first. What? You Christians are weird. Give all your finances. What? (laughs) Put me ahead of your natural family and friends and brothers and sisters and children. What? See, it's opposite wisdom, but it's the wisdom of God. So how, do, how does that work? You know, so you can hear that and then go imply the wisdom of man to how you try to put everyone second. You can put your wisdom in how you're now going to be, you know, above. No, you've got to get now his wisdom on how that process happens. Otherwise, you've just jumped into religion and works. So you can hear, okay, I'm not supposed to be first. Cool. You know, it's like, now, show me how do I do the work of the Lord. <laughs> you don't. You believe. You know, that's the wisdom. Of God. What do you mean I believe? You believe. See, so I um, hope that helps. And I think, you like, to me, th- this is what Greg is saying is so vital, and I feel like it's been what we've been talking about, you know, for the last couple of months is actually all of these gifts are all intentional and are aimed at hitting a certain mark and a certain target, you know. They're they're for our transformation. They're to build up the body of Christ to become this mature man, this blameless and spotless bride, you know. And I think without that in view, the gifts are just plain right weird, you know. (laughs) Like, they become fortune-telling or reading people's palms or, I mean, I don't know if whoever was here on a Wednesday morning, if there's not a greater intention that we're heading towards for an outsider looking in. (laughs) It's like the most bizarre, weird, like, even tonight, yeah, totally, you know. And that's why I think it's so essential that you see God's ultimate purpose that lies behind all of this because there's, in in my mind, it's it's saying there's more than what meets the eye, you know. Um, And I think that these gifts minister they're not just to, to minister for an earthly end, even if it is an earthly for earthly provision or to talk about what you're going to be physically doing. They've got a greater purpose, which is to equip and build up um, that we'd become this mature man, this pure and spotless, blameless bride. Hey, and it is what keeps you um, with your eyes single on what it is that he's trying to do, and you don't get caught up in the thing in and of itself, because it does, they, they do become weird when they're not aligned to the ultimate aim, you know. So. And, and the hoodwink of that is that you start living for you with the gift. So if, if the adversary can't get you one way, he'll get you another. 
So if you start awakening to the fact that you have a gift that needs to be administered in a house, okay, so you'll start waking up from that slumber because you didn't know this, you've just been living for you and you've got this dormant gift, okay, and so now you start going, oh my goodness, there's this gift on my life, what? Right now, now he'll try and flip you another way, okay, so you go, right, now use it to serve yourself. Ah, that sounds good, doesn't it? See, this is how you get free from self when you start seeing it's never about you, it's about a body. And that's what Sam's saying. Is as soon as you can see the body and you realize you're in a team, so you're an individual who has a particular gifting, gracing, but it's for a team and you're serving the team, I no longer lives. So you understand this, it'll free you from you. And that's what we all want, don't we? I don't want to be selfish, self-centered. I want to be sacrificial, selfless, set apart, and a sent, consecrated people who are fulfilling the will of God in a body, and the body's called a family. And so there is as much revelation, I believe, that the body needs because we're so institutionalized, and the model that we've seen is an institution. And so it's more of an organization. So some people don't even know their worth inside a body. They just think I just turn up, and maybe I give some money, or maybe I'll make some coffees, but that's not this. We're an organism, and we need to be an organism. We're a people group called the body of Christ. So he's returning for a body who's able to perform certain things. And the first thing is love. So he's looking for a people as a body who loves him, one another, and a world. I mean, that's why it's like, it's like going back to school. You've got to learn how to be the body, which means you've got to get set free of the institution, which is the model that many of us have been brought up in and most of us still think. It's tricky because we gather. Can you hear it? Can you see it? Do you know it? Because it can look the same. Amen, hallelujah. <laughs> um, <laughs> cool. Do you, um, Sandra and Joe, I just wonder um, if, if you've got any specific examples of times where you've either received a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, or, or ministered a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom that has been powerful or um, has impacted you or impacted others that you can share with us. Just by the way, I do send a text out with these things um, before. <laughs> Everyone's trying to be nice. Try <laughs> tonight. Not all of yeah. the, not all of the stuff. But. Yes, he did say have some examples. <laughs> um, just building on Sandra's point before about how the word of knowledge opens us up to what God's trying to do and who He is. Really early on, before I was saved, I used to come here. I just couldn't stop coming here, basically. I was being really drawn by the Lord, and it was this funny season where I didn't used to like going to church at all, and then I'd be starting to come twice a day and thinking, God, this is bizarre. Why do I have to keep going back? <laughs> and I was here probably about my fourth or fifth time, <clears throat> and Rodney introduced me to Jeremy Kenworthy. And I was a mess at the time, and I just remember Jeremy looking at me and saying um, 
something, I can't even remember the words, but he talked to me about taking my thoughts captive. And it's funny, the washing in the word that's come up tonight and washing in the word. I didn't really understand in any way what he was talking about like I do now. But I knew at that point that God knew me. And so I knew that this God who I knew existed knew me and cared about me. And it was one of those opening moments where I, um, yeah, just a big part of my journey that he, it's the first time that God really spoke to me through somebody else. Um, I think one, one uh, word that, uh, you know, just impacted me so strongly and it didn't actually come fire somebody else it was just that the Lord gave it to me um, and that was what was remarkable about it um, and that was in in the process when I was in such a, a low place and um, one of our kids was in severe depression and stuff and and yeah it was pretty nasty and and the Lord showed me and, and he gave me four specific things that he wanted me to do um, in in as I was crying out for him to reveal his love because he had, he had um, I guess brought me to the end of myself when I had had nothing else and I knew and acknowledged that I didn't have what I needed I didn't have the love that I needed to minister um, to this boy who was accusing me constantly and had been for 18 months or so. Um, but anyway, these these words, there were four things, but the last one, that was a word of knowledge. I'd, there's no way I would have heard that from anyone. He said, stop trying to change him. And that that one... Although the others were the practical and also he gave me the empowerment to do it. It wasn't just go and do this because um, that was what he was setting me free from was trying more and more and more to try and do what people were telling me to do and what I was telling myself to do. But it was a letting go. And um, that that actually enabled... That, that change of mode of operation because I was a fixer and, you know, if there's something wrong, I'll fix it and I'll go in there and fix it and, and that was not to be part of the process. Um, so that was, that was a massive, massive, massive one. Um, but, you know, in, in other situations, I remember when we were going through stuff with Chris and I said to, this is more a word of wisdom, put them on. Um, but I, I remember, just saying to Greg, I think we may have to sell the house. And he just said, don't do anything. Don't do anything yet. And it was like just in there, there's this word that comes in and just stops this train of thought and lifts up again. And, you know, in so many, so many times, it might not even look like a directive but it comes and lifts your eyes to the eternal so that you're not seeing where we aren't to have our eyes because we're not of this earth, you know. Um, so, you know, words of, words of wisdom, we think it's some special something, but sometimes it's just bringing the perspective that is his perspective that helps someone to lift their eyes up.
I know for me, I've I've had a few really significant words that have really encouraged me, and I remember one one in particular, which I think I did share a couple of years ago, but um, it's with um, Dave McCracken, Steve's dad, um, and I was in my late teenage years, and I remember coming in on the Sunday, and I actually, because of the word, I remember the t-shirt that I was wearing, <laughs> and it was like this old surfing t-shirt, and it had like holes down the sleeve, not trendy holes, like... <laughs> <laughs> and I was wearing these like track pants that I remember just feeling like I was feeling real like gross, you know. And I, I remember I was sitting in my seat and um and and um Dave McCracken you know stopped sharing in the middle of his message and he um and he started speaking to me and he said I um I, you know I see you standing with a um a, with a massive sword in your hand um and he said that but the sword is is really rusty. Um, and, um, and he said, but, but what God is doing is he's taking that sword and he's sharpening it. And he said he wants to sharpen it through working, through you getting, um, alongside and walking with people and getting in discipleship because he's got a sword that he wants to use to penetrate people's hearts. And he said that as, as I would start to speak, that there would be a sense of the awe of God that would come upon people and that hundreds of people would be impacted through the sword of the word that would come out of my mouth. And I just, I was about, I think I was about 18 or 19 years old. I didn't do what I'm doing now. And I was like, my goodness, I'm like the quietest guy in the <laughs> class, you know? I'm like the most like, I was feeling like, oh my goodness, what has he seen on me, you know? And, and I, I just, I just remember being absolutely baffled that he would look physically at that, where I was and speak something that was so opposite. And as I've looked back on it on hindsight, I was, man, I was like, man, what's, what a dangerous word to speak to a young guy, you know? Um, because of what Greg was sharing before, the potential to take something and for it to all of a sudden become the most important thing, you know? Um, and I, But that word has encouraged me no end because, you know, in, 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 in sharing and, and speaking, it's, it's a fantastic privilege to be part of, but it's not always easy, you know? And I, I feel like that had really helped to ground me and, and show me that actually this is... God's intention, and if it's something that He's called, it's something that He'll empower and He'll equip, regardless of personality or um, any earthly natural talent or capability that that He would be, you know, capable of performing on His word. So, I felt like that was a real powerful word of knowledge that I received that has really kind of encouraged me, you know, no end throughout the years. So, yeah. Can I ask a question? There you go. <laughs> what was the environment that Dave said the gift would be sharpened in? Which means you can't go wrong. So God gives discipleship because he gives the gifts to immature children. He says get in discipleship. So in a safe environment, the gift will be matured. And I think that that is something that we have here that is so fantastic, you know, that 
that there is genuine discipleship and opportunities to walk with one another. I've had the opportunity to walk with some fantastic men, number of that are in, in the room here today. That you know, um, it, it does. It creates a healthy environment for growth. You know, um, so it's awesome, eh? Cool. Do we have any questions at this stage from from the room? Questions about the the word of wisdom or word of knowledge so far? On the microphone. (laughs) Is the word in your in in your understanding is the word of knowledge always something that's spoken from someone to you? Does it always get spoken out through the person, one person to another? Or can it be the Holy Spirit on a word in the Bible? Because I don't know the answer. (laughs) Cool. Any words of wisdom for that uh, question? It's not directly to that, but I have found times when I've had a, a word of knowledge... And it's not to be spoken to the person, it's to be aware of in terms of a discipleship environment I'm in with them. Or there might be a question that the Lord asks me to ask that uncovers that. So it's certainly not here a word of knowledge, assume that it's to be said. My only assumption is that it's something the Lord wants me to know and then the next question is, what do you want me to do with that? Do you want me to pray? Do you want me to raise it? Do I just need to be aware because something's going to happen and I need to be aware this is occurring? Yeah, right. It could be about you, personally. I mean, it doesn't have to be about the other person. It can be about... It could, have, could the Holy Spirit be speaking to you through the Word? Yeah. Rather than... I mean, and also having the wisdom to speaking to others. I mean, is that sort of... I don't know. Is that sort of what it's not? 100% Yes. The, the greatest word of knowledge you can get is out of here. So I would say that's number one. Okay, Word of wisdom, word of knowledge. So the Holy Spirit's the teacher of the word. And the problem is, and this is the problem for a modern day church, is that we prioritize this as two and individual words as one. And we need to flip it. It's both and more. But there's a very much a defining order. So, yeah, the role of the Spirit is to bring the word of knowledge, the knowing of God, to us. And so it's both. Um, but like Joe was saying, um, you know, like you could get something for someone. He says just hold it, pray into it, and he reveals it to the person. So you might not ever say anything to the person. But through prayer. So that's where, once again, it comes back to hearing him. What is he saying to do? And that's what you follow, which is the word of wisdom. Okay, but, um, yeah, there's, there is so much word to be revealed from the scriptures. And that's what our faith is to be in. And I think, to, to me, that that is the role of the Holy Spirit, is that he takes the scriptures that were written thousands of years ago and brings them to light and to life as if they were a personal divine word of God just for you, you know? And I think that that's, that's what's so powerful, uh, you know? Um, 
because otherwise they're just words on a page that were written for people that we will that it's it's ancient history, you know. Um, but he but he brings the reality of those scriptures to, to light and to life in us, you know. And when you say you, you mean you, 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 which is means us, yeah. So as a people group. So just like the Jews were a people group, a nation, he spoke to them as a nation. This is who you are to be as a nation. This is how you're to live as a nation. Not individuals, but individuals make up a nation. So the same word in here is for all of us. So it's not just for Greg or Sam, it's for us. So that's the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. It's for us. He's looking for a people. So we need to know the prophetic word. And the whole scriptures are prophetic, which is what Peter declares. Um, yeah, that's if you're going to focus on one area, focus on that because this is the macro, and that will define the micro. Any other questions? Good yeah. question, Pam. Um, is there a distinction between words of knowledge? and wisdom and moving the prophetic or is it part of the prophetic? <laughs> I, I per, my personal opinion is that it's it's all prophetic, you know? Um, and so, th- so in my mind, the word of wisdom is prophetic, the word of knowledge is prophetic, the scriptures are prophetic, discipleship is prophetic, you know, it's... Um, it's God speaking, uh, um, and it's God bringing revelation. So I, um, I, I see it as they, yeah, absolutely, they, they might have dis, um, distri- distinct attributes, um, but I think sometimes it's it's hard to know where the um, word of knowledge ends and the word of wisdom begins in a prophetic word. You know, um, so there's there's distinctions, but they're all part and parcel of the same the same spirit. I'll give you an example. Um, one of the words God gave me, and this will make you laugh, okay, so I will build my church. That was an absolute word of knowledge for me straight out of here. I thought I knew, okay? I didn't. So he gives me a word of knowledge, and he reveals the word of knowledge, I will build my church. How? Ah, let me show you the word of wisdom, the fivefold. So this is now how I build my church. So he gives me a word of knowledge out of the scriptures. Then he gives me a word of wisdom out of the scriptures, which is all prophetic because I couldn't see it or hear it. I read it, but I have no understanding of that. I think I know how he builds the church, but I didn't. That's pretty embarrassing when you're a senior leader. <laughs> and that was a day that brought rest and freedom. It was amazing. You know, so that's a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom directly out of the prophetic scriptures in one hit. And then it's prophetic. So then I started declaring that a prophetic word, a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge. I'm declaring how he does it. He does it. This is how it unfolds. Can you hear it? Have you received revelation of it yet? Are you coming under it and aligning your life to it? That's for us all. So to not know that is to not be placed under, which means you can't receive the fruit of it, which means you're not changing because this is how God builds the church, which means you can be in another operating system wondering why you're not really growing because the prophetic word of wisdom and knowledge that's been given to this house 10 years ago is still not your reality. 
It's still waiting to be revealed. So it's prophetic, but it's no longer prophetic to me because it's a revealed word. I have the revelation on it, which means it's still prophetic, but I've come into it. Make sense? And that's an ongoing process because it's like once you get revelation, the living word that's alive is now yours. You're now looking for the next one and the next one and the next one. It's no longer a mystery to you. You know it. So you have the reality of the word of knowledge in you and you live from it. But to the person beside you, that's why we walk together in discipleship. We pray together because Sam could be uttering something and I'm going, what's he going on about? What's this guy on? He's talking about something I don't even understand. No, you're never going to until the Holy Spirit reveals it. So you pray together, you ask questions, and then you wait on the Lord. And that's the value of the body, right? You know, that that a prophetic word for someone else really by default is actually a prophetic word for you if it truly is prophetic, you know? In the sense that if it is, if it's Christ and if it's, declaring you know what is available in him you know um it's not necessarily an exclusive thing that you know this is who greg's called to be this is who i'm called to be different people but actually we're all called to be the bride you know um or to be uh, become mature so i think um there's a opportunity for all of us to, to hear and receive from each other as well does that answer the question it's like how is the ship going to become the ship that's been prophesied in the booklet? This is what we have to wrestle with. So God speaks about a cruise ship. Then he says, you're no longer a cruise ship, you're a battleship. That's a word of knowledge. But how does the battleship become a battleship? You need a word of wisdom. Otherwise, the battleship never gets realized. And it stays a cruise ship. Well, half the people want to become a battleship, and the other half are still sucking pina coladas. <laughs> Sound familiar? Half people doing the work, the other half are cruising. 80-20 rule in the church. It's happening today. So there's a word still waiting to be revealed to this body that it becomes a cruise intentional military ship. Man, we've had five words, haven't we? The latest one just came a few months ago. Someone else brought it up. They're not even reading the booklet. So is it becoming? Are we actually becoming? Now, this is just a metaphor. However you want to look at it, there's horses. Which horse are you? The one that's dust and flower, camouflage, trying to look like the white one, or the one that's speckled? God is screaming a word of knowledge and then you need to know how the word of wisdom how do I come into this word that is in me that changes me and now my life aligns and now I'm moving this way but it's as a body because once again we're only going to be as strong as a body as we are as individuals that's the challenge is that you're accountable to you and the spirit so if half the room goes yes and half the room goes no, that's the fruit. 90 say yes, 10 say no, but what if 100 say yes? And we all enter into the process of the word of knowledge we've had, figure out the word of wisdom, and then we start living in it. 
that's the church of the scriptures. That's exciting. Any other questions? One more? Hello. Hi, my name is uh, Kushwant. It says here in uh, Job chapter 28, um, verse 12, But where shall wisdom be found, and where is the place of understanding? So man knoweth not the price thereof, so human being doesn't know it. So depth saith, It is not in me, and sea saith, It is not with me. It cannot be gotten for gold, neither shall silver be weighted for the price thereof. It cannot be valued with the gold of Ophir, with the precious wings or the sapphire. The gold and the crystal cannot equal it, and exchange of it shall not be for jewel or fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or of pearls, for the price of wisdom is above rubies. Topage of Ethiopia shall not equal it, neither shall it value with pure gold. Whence then cometh wisdom, and where is the place of understanding? Seeing it is hid from the eyes of all living, and kept close from the fall of the air. Destruction and death say, We have heard, and the fame thereof with our ears. God understandeth the way thereof, and the knoweth the place thereof. For he looketh to the ends of the earth, and seeth under the whole heaven, to make the weight for the winds, and he weighed the waters by measure. When he made a decree for the rain, and a way for the lightning of the thunder, then did he see it, and declare it. He prepared it, yeah, and search it out. Now listen carefully here. And unto man he said, Behold, fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and depart from evil is understanding. So any fear, any kind of wisdom is not from the fear of the Lord, is not a wisdom. And any kind of understanding which does not distinguish between evil and good is not understanding. Was there a question? What was the scripture? Job chapter 28, for those who want to go and have a look at that. And I love that. I love the fact that we have no wisdom. <laughs> That's offensive, isn't it? I consider myself quite wise. I'm a learned man of the scriptures. Oh, really? You search the scriptures because you think in the scriptures you're going to find eternal life, but you're unwilling to come to me and I stand in front of you. So man has no wisdom in himself that is life. It's demonic is what our brothers read and what Sam has said. And so Jesus is the wisdom of God. Solomon was the wisest man on the planet apparently and then messed it all up at the end. 
So he wasn't able to live out what he had in his head. Not a very wise man, really, eh? To have all that knowledge and not be able to live it out. But we're now under a new covenant, and it's called the new covenant. So that wisdom that is greater than golden understanding is who? And in Christ, in you, you have the wisdom of God. So if Christ isn't in you, you have no wisdom. You're of the wisdom of the kingdom of darkness. So you will apply that wisdom to your life. So as Christ comes into you, who is the wisdom of God, and starts to form himself within you through revelation, you now have the wisdom of God in you. So not only do you have the substance of wisdom, you understand how God does everything. Because in Jesus Christ is all the treasures of the wisdom that's hidden. What a cool plan. Which is the ministry Paul got given. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now is the time. I'm a minister. I've been graced to declare Christ in you, which wasn't before, because it's a new covenant. So all that wisdom is now to be in the church. So what does a church look like that's full of Jesus Christ? The wisdom and the power of God. We don't look the way we used to look. And we don't live for what we used to live. And I think that's what we heard this morning, eh? About, you know, um, you know, no amount of knowledge can do that transformational work of power in someone's heart, you know? Um, and I think, um, to me, that's, it's, it's absolutely massive, you know? Because I think, wis- like we are saying at the beginning, wisdom is so easily defined as good intellect. But actually... Through the scriptures, it's defined as as a divine life, you know. Um, so it is. It's it's a totally opposite perspective and, and kingdom at work. Hey, so cool. Any last minute thoughts or burning things you guys want to raise? Do you have any questions? How is wisdom vindicated? What does that mean? Just one person. So that's how you know you're in wisdom. Because you can demonstrate a Christ-like life. So the evidence of your wisdom is the ability to demonstrate a Christ-like life. That's how you know. That's okay. But the goal is to operate it consistently. So that's okay. We're growing up. I don't get it all right. I don't even know how Jesus built the church. And I'm leading the church. You got nothing to worry about. And he forgave me in. But I think it's a fantastic question and I feel like what we're discussing is so important because it's from this place to say, you know, if my life doesn't reflect that all the time. It's, it's then, okay, well, where do you go? Oh, I've just got to read the scriptures more. I've just got to understand more. I've just got to do this, do this, do this. As opposed to acknowledge that Christ is the wisdom of God and to seek him knowing that everything's found in him. So all of a sudden you're on the right process of transformation through believing, like we heard this morning, that he'll accomplish in you everything that was completed 2,000 years ago, you know? And so I think it, this is important because it gets you on the right process as opposed to going down rabbit warrens of looking for w- wisdom in, in all the wrong places, you know? Cool. All right, thanks, team. That's us for tonight, 7.05, not bad, five minutes over. <laughs>
All right. Um, Have a great week, guys. Yeah, cool.